Is that better? You're not hearing me twice this time, are you? Okay. How about that? Is that better? Yes. Okay. Tell me a story. I'm hearing you, but I'm not understanding you. Can you speak into the microphone, please? Yes. How's that? That's better. Oh, good. Welcome to episode 66 of the Jackson Hole Connection, brought to you by mountainweather.com, your source for weather in the mountains, in Jackson Hole, and beyond. Please visit the jacksonholeconnection.com slash mountainweather to learn more. I'm Stephan Abrams, your host today. I believe if you desire a truly fulfilling life, both personally and professionally, then you must be willing to find a connection with people outside of your everyday circle of influence, which is why I created the Jackson Hole Connection Podcast. Today's guest is Bert Rains, Jackson Hole's self-proclaimed curmudgeon. Bert even penned a book about his thoughts, Curmudgeon Chronicles. Bert and his wife Meg retired to Jackson Hole in 1972 after a career in chemical engineering. By 1976, Bert had founded the Jackson Hole Bird Club and soon afterwards began writing a weekly nature-based article for the Jackson Hole News and Guide. And at over 90 years young, Bert continues with his weekly article with the newspaper. Bert and Meg have been recognized for their conservation and wildlife issues by the Wildlife Heritage Foundation the Jackson Hole Conservation Alliance, Town of Jackson, the National Museum of Wildlife Art, and the Wyoming Game and Fish Department, just to name a few. This spring, I had the great honor to spend some time with Bert and to get to know him personally. As you will be able to gather from this interview, Bert has difficulty hearing, and he's a little slow to answer. Please be patient with listening and learning from Bert today. All considering, sharing this interview is a great joy. I hope you are as inspired with Bert as I am with his steadfast beliefs and the humor which Bert stitches into his daily life. Believe it or not, the microphone is picking up the birds speaking outside. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) I can't hear So Bert. Are you ready for the interview? I have no, I don't know what to expect. All right, well, let's get into it. Thank you for joining me today and letting me come to your house and for you to be a guest on the Jackson Hole Connection. What year did you move out here, Bert? To stay 71. So in 1971, you decided to move and stay in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yep. And how old were you in 1971? Fifty-something. And that makes you how old now? Terribly. (laughs) So, what brought you out here in 1971? There wasn't a lot out here. We thought we were finding a quiet town that wouldn't change much. And we would die. We figured we'd die around 60. Back in that day, at least in the East, it was almost a given that when you retired, you'd be dead in six months. Men especially, because you wouldn't know what to do with yourself. 
Did you know that? I did not know that. Where are you from? I grew up in Brookhaven, Mississippi. My grandfather lived to be about the age of 95 and a half. He worked pretty much till the day he died. So he never retired. So you say we moved out here. You and your wife, Meg? Yeah. Okay. And she retired as well. Yes. Over the years, you have become quite the naturalist with a focus of birds. Is that correct? Guilty. (laughs) Did you have that passion for birds when you moved out here? Or did you acquire it over time? No, we were... I was a birder. Meg is pretty much abandoned birding. Although she was still good, she wasn't a fanatic. I was. People tell me, people tell me I'm a bird watcher. Oh, shocking. (laughs) Why is that shocking? Why is it shocking that people tell you that you are a bird watcher? You're supposed to, it was a stereotype at the time. It may still be, I don't know. What is the stereotype of a bird watcher? A little librarian, five foot two, with a pair of binoculars as big as she is, tromping around through the woods, or the equivalent male. And that does not describe you. Me? Yeah. I don't think it does. But I didn't care what people thought. I don't now, especially now. Well, I think if you live your life and do what you want to and live towards what you're passionate for, why care what other people say? Whatever you said, okay. (laughs) So over the years, when you moved here in 1971, What about this valley attracted you to this space? Well, we had first come here 20 years before, and most of the streets were dirt, and there were one, two seasons, the summer season with a lot of people, and the off season. Skiing hadn't gotten through its current frenzy. And we liked the people. We just plain liked the people. We were from the East, where it's, at least for us, was so difficult to make friends. And out here, you could become a friend in one trip to the bar. And you still can, I think. Is that true? I would say so. This place is very special, and it has unique people which um, reach out their hands 
to, to, to new people. And I think that's because there's a history where to survive in the valley, you had to rely on other people. You couldn't do it by yourself. Yeah. So a lot of towns have that history, but not all of them are as easy to get to be friends. It's important to be able to have a place where you can make friends. We just like, we had gotten to know some people. We liked the country. We liked the, we could hike in those days. We just liked it. And what have you seen change since the first time you came here and then also compared to when you moved here in 1971? If I got your question, what did I see a change? Yes, sir. Sometime in the mid-80s, we got a very active chamber person in here who helped get the first McDonald's franchise. And things have gone downhill since then. Meg once gave a talk to the Rotary Club back around then, trying to head off a perceived trend toward Jackson becoming a business community instead of a community. They never asked her back. How do you differentiate between a business community and your vision of a community? That's one of those indefinable things. All decisions seem to be made on a political level on behalf of business. One example that annoyed us was the county planning commission which did everything in the world for a developer and gave no consideration for wildlife. In a community which famously answered a poll of why it came to Jackson Hole, 84% said we came for the wildlife and then they destroy it. You're going to get me too serious. <laughs> I might come out swinging. <laughs> so during your time here in Jackson, you've been in staunch advocate for wildlife and preserving the wildlife c 
culture and resources that this community has. And for a rate of growth that can be accommodated without destroying the society. You have a rate of growth of around, say, 10%, which has happened. And the social fabric begins to fray. There's more crime, there's more kids getting in trouble, there's more drinking, there's more abuse. Some people even molest. There's a good guy. That was a joke. Oh. I'm glad that you still have a strong sense of humor. Yeah. Do I have a choice? I do. But I don't want to be grouchier than I have to be. Well, at some point, you've earned the right to be grouchy if you want. Hell yes. (laughs) So, tell me about some of the birds that are um, coming to this feeder here that you're watching out your window that just happened to disappear, as I mentioned them. Well, this morning there's been several species of finch. One is called a house finch. Another is named after a guy named Casson. Casson finch. There have been some evening grosbeaks, red-winged blackbirds, yellow-headed blackbirds, magpies, and that's about it for the moment. But it's migration time, so you can Are you a bird watcher? No, sir. I'm not five foot two. Or a librarian. A librarian? Yeah, that was your joke earlier. You said earlier most people feel that bird watchers are five foot two and bird and most likely a librarian. And I said, I'm not five foot two nor a librarian. Nor a female. That's right. <laughs> but we like looking at the birds, especially with the boys. I have two boys, and my wife and I like to point out the birds to them, and they love seeing it. And how you mentioned we're in migration right now. When the boys start seeing the birds come in at this time of year, and they start hearing their chirpings in the morning, they say, it's signs of spring, and they get very excited. Good for them. How old? Five and three. Three. Don't let your boys grow up to be politicians. <laughs> I won't. I will not. So, for people who are raising kids right now in today's world, 
what do you do you have some advice for people who are raising families in today's world some lessons that you learned along the way from growing up in the east coast to now being in Jackson Hole Wyoming for so many years what are some words of advice that you would offer to somebody raising kids in today's world well advice not advice but a caution we're overpopulating earth with humans and looking down the road it seems to me inevitable that there won't be enough resources to accommodate all the people and that that has to end badly. On the other hand, <clears throat> the urge to reproduce is irresistible. So it ought to be one hell of a tough ending. That's my optimistic view. Well, there's two sides to every coin, isn't there? I'm not sure. This one doesn't seem to have but one unpleasant ending. People seem to take solace in the notion that we'll send people to Mars. What the hell good's that gonna do with respect to overpopulation? I don't see it. But I don't sit around and talk much stuff like this. You can ask Mysterious. How do you pronounce his name? Sandy Rez. I'll be right back with Bert after this quick message from the show's sponsor, mountainweather.com, the go-to website in and around Jackson Hole for weather in the mountains. Founded in 1991 as a way to keep track of weather information by meteorologist Jim Wood Mincy. Mountain Weather also provides forecasting services for special events and mountaineering expeditions around the world. You know the Mountain Weather forecast is the best because it comes from someone who loves spending time in the mountains. Jim is a former Jenny Lake climbing ranger, he's an avid backcountry skier, mountain biker, and is a certified avalanche instructor. Visit the jacksonholeconnection.com slash mountainweather to learn a whole lot more. So this picture up here, is that of your family? Or is that of some friends who've become family here in Jackson Hole? Both. No immediate family. Friends and my, some of my ladies of the night <laughs> who watch and see if I'm still breathing. I guess. So you're still writing an article for our local newspaper. And is that, what's the frequency of your article? Weekly. 
How many years have you been writing a weekly article for the newspaper? Since around 1980. And has your article always been of the same topic? No. And so in 1980, what did it start? What were the topics that you wrote about? And what are you now writing about? When it started was pretty much birds and wildlife. Then it became anything went. Politics, social problems, people, and the name changed to far afield, meaning the whole world. Lately, <clears throat> I can't handle a pen or type, so they've been back pretty much to birds, because I can fake that, nobody knows. Although now there's getting me some real biologists in the valley, you have to be more careful. Are some of these real biologists writing you letters about the accuracy of your articles? All those years, and I don't remember anybody writing. People would call up and say, there's a typo in your column, or you spelled my name wrong. That's a big one. Well, the typo you can put on the paper, but when you spell somebody's name wrong, at least they call you about it, which is nice. Yeah. I deliberately didn't write about Donald Trump when he got to be a candidate. I'm not sure that was a wise decision because there's no doubt in my mind that my column in the Jackson Hole News and Guide could have made a difference. <laughs> Well, I'm sure the publisher of the Jackson Hole News and Guide feels the same way that your column in his paper could have made an impactful, changing decision. Have you interviewed him? I have not yet. Ask him. I will. I'll send him a note as soon as we're done. Okay. So, now that you're back to writing about birds. Have you lost your opinions or your thoughts from when you were writing about more social issues or cultural issues? No, I haven't changed. So why stop writing about those? There comes a time when you just don't have the energy and I just don't. I'm a conservationist, and I used to get up on my horse and carry my pike or whatever it was they carried and go to the barricades 
and my own rights. I should be in the streets protesting Trump administration, but my horse is tired and I'm even more tired. I'm not complaining as much as I'm stating a fact. I don't, I don't hear you complaining at all. I think you're painting a realistic picture for where you are in life. You have... Take Sandy. He has an inexhaustible energy supply. Rejuvenated since his illness. And he still meets with people, talks politics, has good ideas. Well, we don't need to inflate his head that he has good ideas too much. We need to be careful of that. <laughs> There's no more room in there. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. So, your horse is tired. You're even more tired. What do you think you would have said about Donald Trump running for office if you had had the opportunity? And in office. Running and... Running and winning office. Try to keep him from being elected and try to warn people about how he's picking apart our republic and changing it inevitably to some extent, even if he's out of office. He's done so much damage. However, I look at his audiences when he's giving talks, and the audiences now include black faces, which they didn't until recently, and they're not going to change. You can't use any of this. Don't use that? Why not? What is a podcast? Podcast is a form of digital audio media. And topics can range from business, economics, healthcare, just overall health, exercise, education, economics, birds. There's probably several podcasts out there about birds or podcasts about the environment. I heard recently that there's a podcast about water. 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 And it's geared towards people who work in the industry of water. These are just local podcasts? No, they're all of, from all over the world. Did you ever write a book, Bert? Yeah. What's the name of the... How many, did you write one book or more than one book? You wrote five books. You're a man of many talents. I'm a renaissance man for sure. Watch out, Winston Churchill. Here comes Burt Reigns. 
That's what people say. <laughs> you really sound man, honey. <laughs> what were the topics of the books you wrote? Well, my favorite book is called Valley So Sweet. And you can probably guess what that's about. Another one is Curmudgeon Chronicles. Curmudgeon Chronicles? Yeah. Some stuff of my columns. One is Birds of Grand Teton. One is Bird Finding in Jackson Hole. And one is uh, with an artist, the late Greg McGuron on birds of sage and scree. You know scree? Isn't scree a rock field? Yeah. Up high in the mountains? Well, usually up high, but... Rubble of a mountain disintegration. I've hiked through some scree fields. Yeah. When you hike up Mount Hunt, you have to go through a little scree field. Do you need some help with your coffee? Not usually. Okay. So, Mr. Renaissance Man. Yes. Can people still find your books? Are they at maybe Valley Bookstore here in Jackson? I am told that Valley So Sweet is out of print. And that's too bad. It's a very nice little book, if I must say so myself. And I must say so myself. Well, somebody's got to promote your book. Why not yourself? That's right. Do you ever watch C-SPAN? No, sir, I don't have cable. Oh. I try to read more than watch some TV. I'm doing better with watching less TV and reading more books. Well, I noticed years ago... Your caretaker just brought your books in. What other lies should I tell? Hmm? What other lies should I tell, Stephen? You're a funny man. I'm a card. <laughs> but the others are in print. So we can still find Curmudgeon Chronicles... Winter Wings, Birds of Grand Teton National Park, and the Birds of Jackson Hole. So what we'll do is put those titles in the website for the show notes of the podcast so people listening can look up the books that you wrote. Thank you. You're welcome. To wrap things up today, Do you have any words of inspiration or thought for people listening? (laughs) There's a story that when the Constitutional Congress was meeting in 1794, I guess it was, a woman met Benjamin Franklin in the street and asked him, Mr. Franklin, what do we have referring to the Constitution? 
and Franklin is supposed to have responded, a republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. People, Americans today, should take heed. We could lose our republic. There's an upbeat sign off. Well, I, I appreciate those those thoughts. And I will finish it off by saying, I feel as though it is extremely important for us all to be educated in history. So certain aspects of history don't repeat themselves. And so people have an understanding and knowledge of why certain things were put into place to begin with. And it will give them a greater appreciation for um, the country we live in and to maintain that republic. Very good. Thank you, Bert. To learn more about Bert and his fascinating life, visit the JacksonHoleConnection.com, episode number 66. I really do love hearing from my listeners and subscribers, so if you have feedback or suggestions, please send me an email to connect at the JacksonHoleConnection.com. Please remember to visit MountainWeather.com to learn more about what is happening in your mountains. I could not create this podcast without the support of my wife, Laura, my editor, Michael Morey, my musical director, Luke Taylor, and my marketing guru, Tana Hoffman. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.